Road to Life. We love you. We're so glad to be back together on our podcast. We're here with Pastor Mike Shepline, and we're going to hear the message from Sunday where you can be inspired through the Word of God and maybe even a funny story. For more information, visit RoadToLifeChurch.com, and we'll see you next week. Last week, we began to talk about something, and the title of it is God Cares. Everybody say, God Cares. Have you ever been around somebody that's a Christian that acts like God doesn't care? How many of you know what I'm saying? Now, let's just be honest. Have you ever felt like you were in the middle of something, and you were like, Lord, do you care? How many, you know what I'm saying? Where you're just kind of in, in, in the middle of it. And, and usually, before we ever pray and ask God for help in a specific area of our life, our expectancy is directly connected to our understanding ending of if God cares. If you don't believe that he cares, then what happens is, is you typically don't, it's not a reflex reaction to go to him. I, you know, and, and if you don't believe that God cares in a real way, it affects everything. It just affects every part of our life. This is a foundation to our relationship with him. We believe that God loves us. He gave his only son because he cared. Jesus came and sacrificed his life. And this is revolutionary. It's the foundation to our relationship with him in our, in our life. You know, I was raised in my own personal life. I can stop and reflect back is I was raised going to church. How many of you are with me? How many of you were raised going to church? I was raised going to church, but it was deeply profound. And I would even say just totally was the tipping point in my life when and I realized, you know, my the way that I was raised, and I'm just going to be really honest, I didn't have a real big desire to know God. And the reason was, is my perspective of him and my view of him was was very was very simply, if you were to, to look at me, is it was kind of like, I earn it by what I do, and I wasn't very good at earning. How many of you are with me on that? And so therefore, he was wasn't super interested in me. And, and so when bad things would happen, I believe that it was his fault because he was angry with me. And so I believe that he was angry with me. And I remember, I, um, uh, this might shock you, but I cussed God out a few times. I would, I would just be like, look at my wife's face. Now my wife is like, she was raised Ubra Baptist. And so when I say something like that, but I was not raised Christian. And so when something bad would happen, I would just be like, I would, I would be angry. But when I realized that my view of him was the problem, it changed everything in my life. Jesus revealed that God wants us to know him first before anything else as a loving, compassionate, and caring father. God, Jesus revealed that. He said, I came to reveal the Father to you. And, you know, there's, there are going to be times in our life where it's obvious, we sense, and we see it. And there's going to be other times that we need to simply trust that God is bigger and he sees what is going on in our, in our lives. He sees it. And 
so this series is about identifying specific areas of needs within our life and then connecting those specific areas of need to his promises in order to experience his favor and his love in that area of my life. God's love for us doesn't change. It is the same all the time, his love for us. But me experiencing his favor over my life and experiencing what he has promised in my life is directly connected to me, is that I must apply myself. He cares, and you know, and what we're going to do today is in the kind of in the series of God cares is we're going to talk about God's protection within our life. God cares and he promises to protect our life. He promises protection within our life. There are times his protection, you know, when you look at his protection, it just kind of steps in and it intervenes and it interrupts some catastrophe that could have happened. Maybe that should have happened, but it just never happened. And you just step back and would be like, oh, that is 100% God. How many of you know what I'm saying? Where you're just like, oh, yeah, that is really, really sweet. But equally, his protection doesn't mean that we won't face things, but that he's with us and he wants to help us to overcome. And that anytime we have to go through something, he, want, he has a purpose that we're going to grow through it. And it's actually going to contribute to his plan in the future in his life, in the growth that it actually brings within our heart and within our life. And so we're going to, if we'll respond right in what he'll do is he'll use it to grow us for something that he's got for our life tomorrow. And, And what I've noticed is this is, and we'll talk about that later, is it's living and it's walking under God's favor and his protection. Whether I get it or not, his protection in his favor is on me. You know, the promise of his protection is both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. As a matter of fact, we can, and we're going to read it, but we can see that the promise of God's protection was given to Adam and Eve in the garden before sin ever came. Then immediately after it, you see God with Noah, you see God with Abraham, you see God with Moses, you see God with Joshua and Caleb, you see it with David, you see it through all the kings that God promises his protection to them. And then you come into the New Testament and we see it over and over. And what that tells me that part of God's, one of his creative truths that directly impacts my quality of life is an awareness that he is a God that protects me. He protects me. And if I don't know that and I don't believe that in my life, realize this, it affects me mentally. It affects me psychologically. It affects my ability to rest. It affects my ability to have peace. It affects how much sleep I get. How many of you know what I'm saying? And so what we've got to understand is when we talk about the protection of God, God, it's almost like God is love and God protects. He protects our life. If you're in something right now and you're like, God, how could you let this happen to me? Now I'm going to be super honest. I've had those moments. How many of you are with me on that? God, how could you? But what 
I have found out is like, oh my gosh, down the road, I see the deposit that it made in my life. I told the story a couple weeks ago about our favorite tree that was in our yard and that storm blew through and we were not home. We got home 30 minutes later and the tree was still standing. And so we walked, there was one down in the back and some branches and the top of another one, nothing hit the house. And as I walked around the tree, I looked up and I could see through the trunk. It was about this big around. It's about a hundred year old oak tree and it had twisted and it was just hanging up there. It was hanging over our power lines. Now I could have stopped and said, God, you could have not, you could have caused the wind to not twist that tree. How many of you believe God could do that? And then to top it off, we come to church. It didn't, the tree didn't fall. It didn't fall. And we come to church and when we're at church worshiping God, the tree falls. And it falls on our power line, but it doesn't knock the power out. It lays the power line on the ground. So we still got power. And I'm like, God, that was my, my wife was like, that's our favorite tree. Are you going to plant another one? I'm like, baby, that's a hundred years old. How many of you know, <laughs> do you know that when they were cutting the tree up, the big brand, the one that twisted and fell looked perfectly healthy, but the bigger one that was going over our bedroom, when they cut it off, there was a dead spot in the center of it about this big around that we had no idea it was there. And it's like God's protection caused that tree to twist and to fall. I didn't get it. But until after they cut the tree up, I realized if this tree would have been left, that branch would have fallen on our house directly over my bedroom. That's the protection of God. Are you with me? It's a, it is the protection of God. And there's going to be times that we just don't fully understand it. In Genesis 2.15 I'm going to read this, and this is before sin ever came into the world. It says, so the Lord God took the man he had made and settled him in the Garden of Eden. Now look at these words, to cultivate it. Adam has a job description, to cultivate it and keep it. The word keep there means to guard, it means to protect, and it means to hedge about. I want you to think about this, that Adam and Eve were not just sitting in the garden, sipping tea, eating Cheez-Its and Twinkies. How many of you are with me? They were not just, it, that was, they were, they actually had a responsibility. It says verse 16, and the Lord God commanded man saying, you may freely eat unconditionally eat the fruit from every tree of the garden, but only from the tree of the knowledge, recognition of good and evil, you shall not eat. Otherwise, on the day that you eat from it, you will most certainly die because of your disobedience. What I want you to notice is this. God gave protection to Adam, but he gave his protection with conditions. He said, you need to walk in the light of what I say. You need to walk out what I say, and my protection is over your life. And then after the fall of Adam, look at what it says in Genesis chapter 3, verse 10. And he said, I heard the sound, this is Adam, after he had sinned. And just in case you didn't know, this was not Eve's fault. This was Adam's fault. 
Ladies, you can say amen. You, you, you know what I'm saying? It was not, if Adam would have been doing his job, Zoe is like, oh yeah, come on, preach it, Mike. Pastor Mike, you can stay there for a while. <laughs> if Adam would have been doing his job, the serpent would have never been in the garden and he wouldn't have been talking to his wife. Are you with me? Are you with me? I mean, I'm talking about the serpent, not Adam. He would have, he would have, he, the serpent would have not been talking to his wife. He didn't do his job. He was just, you know, in verse 10, it says, he said, this is what Adam said. I heard the sound of you walking in the garden. Now look at this. And I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid myself. This is the first time Adam experiences fear in his life. He, the, the, he, went the wrong direction, and fear came into his life. And I'm not talking, you know, and I'm not talking about, you know, when you, when you look is the Bible talks about having a fear and a reverence for God. We should all have that. That means an incredible high respect. It, it, we should all have that. But, you know, I think that, there, that we have a misunderstanding. Do you know that the word fear not or don't be afraid is used over 300 times in the Bible? God doesn't want us afraid. He doesn't want us being afraid. He doesn't want us living in fear. God doesn't. And he said, because what fear does is it brings torment into our life when we have fear within our life. But I think we have a misunderstanding of, a, of the protection of God. And we interpret his protection as meaning that we're not going to have to go through anything that is threatening. We're not going to have to face anything that is discouraging. We're not going to have to go through things that we feel are bigger than us or beyond our ability to solve. And I think the disconnection comes in the, when we talk about protection is we want to be in the line that God takes care of everything in a supernatural way, but we don't want to be in the line where we have to face things, grow through them and develop through them in our life. But the protection of God, it is both of those. And you know, I think think when you, what, what I love is if we read the Bible, it will adjust our theology so that we begin to understand the goodness, the favor, and the bigness of God. You know, Psalms 91 is one of those, if you've been a Christian for any length of time, it's one of those, I would call it the protection chapter. If you, if you're here and you struggle with fear, things like that, I would encourage you to meditate on Psalms 91, but I have prayed Psalms 91, the entire chapter over my life, over and over again. I've known people that would pray this psalm over their life every single day. They would pray this psalm over their life. It's a great one to do that, but I want to read it, and I want us to read it with a biblical understanding. So in Psalms 91, I'm going to read the whole psalm, verse 1. It says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Man, that's a good one right there. How many of you know what I'm saying? That is like, oh, I'll take that. You, what I want you to notice is these are the people, they're living close. They got, he said, and I would say us, this is us, but we're living close. He said that we're going to, he said that they'll find rest under the shadow of the Almighty. And then look at what happens in their heart. This I declare about the Lord. 
He is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust in him. This, is a, this just comes out of their mouth. They're just like, you know what? God, you are good. You're my refuge. You're my fortress. I trust in you. Now look at what it says in verse 3. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. What I want you to notice is this. This person is underneath the shadow or the protection of God. This person is right where they need to be with God. But this next verse talks about God rescuing them from every trap. You can't be rescued from a trap unless you're facing a trap. You can't be, he said, it said that he, if you look, he said he'll protect you from every deadly disease. That means we're going to face things that come against our life. Now look at what he said in verse four. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. Now look at this statement. His faithful promises are your armor and your protection. So he talks about living close. He, in verse three, he says, you know what? I'm going to be a refuge for you. In, in, in verse three, he says, I'm going to rescue you from every trap. I'm going to protect you. But then he says that his faithful promises are your armor and your protection. So when we talk about the protection of God, the promises of God are directly connected to us walking out the protection of God in our life. Look, in verse 4 or verse 5. Do not be afraid of the terrors of night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. What I want you to notice is that there's something present that's causing fear. There's something there. He said, don't be afraid of it. Verse 6. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand will fall at your side and 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Now, I want to be super clear. Verse 1 and 2 talk about this person is close with God. This person is, I mean, they're like under the shadow. They're under the protection. God is their refuge, all of it. But now he goes into and he describes some of the things that they're going to face and that God is faithful in the midst of whatever is going on in their life. Now look at what it says. Verse eight, just open up your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so that you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. Look at verse 15. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. What I want you to notice is this mentality that God's protection means I'm not going to go through things. I'm not going to face things. It's, I'm never going to see it. What we've got to realize, it isn't biblical. It's American Christianity, but it is 
is not traditional biblical Christianity. God, is there going to be times in our life that he supernaturally intervenes? I'm here to tell you, I should be dead. I'll be honest with you. I mean, some of the crazy stuff I've done, I should be dead. How many of you are with me on that? Brad, put your, Brad should be dead too. I was with Brad when both of us should have been dead one time. How many of you know? <laughs> Say what? We were riding our motorcycles. How many of you know what I'm saying? But God is good. <laughs> How many of you know in, in spite of Brad's stupidity, God is good. <laughs> You know, Brad, I have the mic up here, and so I'm sorry, dude. If you're watching online, you can go ahead and let Brad know you know about that. Anyway, <laughs> the mentality in our lives is, you know what? Because I do this, this, and this, I am not going to go through things in my life. Excuse me, we just read. You're going to go through things. God is going to grow you, and he's going to pull the weeds out while you go through them, and he's going to protect you and bring you out better on the other side. He is. That is, we, it's not, we don't get to just stop and say, God, this, look at Jesus. Look at Jesus in his time of temptation in Matthew chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. You remember what he said? Satan tempted him and said, throw yourself down. And then Satan quoted part of Psalms 91. He quoted part of it to, to Jesus. You remember? He said, if you're the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he'll order his angels to protect you. That's what we just read. And he'll hold you up in their hands so that you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. And then Jesus responded, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. By Jesus' response, this is what we know. That God's protection is I just can't do anything I want to do and live any old way and experience the protection of God over my life. I just, it's, I mean, that's not me saying it. It's, you can clearly see it. Did you know that the Bible says it over and over again? God doesn't want you fearing, but equally at the same time in our life is that you, you know, I, I stop right now and you think about when you Reflect on protection. Protection is in two levels, I believe, in our life. First, in our current situation, the protection of God over our life. Our current situation, what's going on in your life right now. The second level is what I, what I would call future or it's around the corner. The first level of protection deals with anxiety now. The second level of protection deals with worries about tomorrow. And God wants us to know that he's got us covered now. He's got us covered in the future and that he's a really, really good God. And I wonder if I could give you four thoughts I believe that will help us in embracing, in understanding, and in cooperating with the favor of God and the protection of God over our, our life. Number one is this, is God has no favorites. His promise of protection is for every Christian. Say, I'm in every. Well, four of you said it. Say, I'm in every. Jack, say it. I'm in every. I'm in every. I, I'm in, it is for every Christian. It's a promise in his word, but it must be anchored on specific areas in our life. When we just say God's protection is for all of us, that is awesome. It, that is a really 
far-arching thing, but equally is, remember what he said in verse four is, of Psalms 91, he will cover you with his feathers, he will shelter you with his wings, his faithful promises are your armor and your protection. That when we talk about the protection of God that is available for every Christian, God expects us to grab hold of his promises in the area that we need the protection of God in. That it is something that when something goes on in our life, we don't anchor on the thing. We don't not acknowledge that it's there, but we anchor on the promise that God has given us while we're facing that thing. Like, I'm going to give you a great example. We have four incredibly great kids, proud of them, grateful for all of their mates, incredibly. But every one of them were teenagers at one time. How many of you know what that means? How many of you know, teenagers are just kind of like figuring it out. Usually they're just kind of like, oh, I'm an adult now. No, you're not. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it, but, but you know what I'm saying? And, and, and so they would have, they did great. They, so they, they served the Lord. But when they were younger and we brought them up in the ways of God, we brought them up in, in the ways of God. But there were times that we had to stand up and declare, God, this is what you say over my children that they are taught of the Lord. That Lord, if we would bring them up in your ways, then when they're old, they won't depart. That God, we have a covenant promise of salvation, not only to us, but to our children. And God, I know that this is not a problem with you. This is a problem with the devil attacking my family and I come against it in the name of Jesus. I take authority over every bit of his garbage he's trying to bring into my family. And in Jesus' name, I declare over my my children, that they will serve the Lord all the days of their life and that I will not sit back and passively allow them to go the way of the enemy. God, you've given me. And so we would stand up and begin to declare the promises of God in a specific area that we needed God's protection. And my question to us today is, are we aggressively standing up and God has given you a promise in a specific area? Remember what he said, his faithful promises are your armor and your protection. If you are in a battle and you're running around naked, guess what? You're going to get stuck. How many of you know what I'm saying? But if you put his promises on as your armor and your protection, you know, there was times in their life and they love God, but there were times in their life that we had to stand up and battle for them, holding on to the promises of God and coming against the enemy who was trying to attack their life. You know, when you're a pastor, everybody thinks you your kids are going to fix their kids. How many of you know what I'm saying? And so they would, I mean, people would come up and they would prophesy and they would say, your daughter is supposed to marry my son. And one of them said it so many times to me, I looked and I said, it will be a cold day in hell before my daughter ever marries your son. <laughs> Should I have not said that? How many of you... I mean, Josiah and Zoe, Josiah, would you do that? If, if you had your, your girl and you're, you know what I'm saying, you look and some dude is just, you know what I'm saying? Okay, y'all, y'all are with me, right? <laughs> I should, should I have said that, Brad? He shot, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it was like, but we had to stand. We had to stand and we had to say, no, okay, God, we are aware of your promises. 
They're our protection. We're going to declare them. We're going to stand on them. And we ain't backing down. We, we, I'm just, I'm just not, I mean, I'm just going to, I mean, you know, God promises anyway, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm just, can I just get right down where the rubber meets the road for a moment? Sickness and disease, sickness. I mean, I know it's out there. I know it's going around. I just don't want to participate. How many of you are with me on that? And so when stuff's going around, I don't sit there and plan on it. Oh, here we go. I begin to declare the promises of God. Lord, you said that the stripes that were laid on Jesus' back were to, so I could live in healing. I declare over my life. When I get symptoms, symptoms come on. I don't just lay down and be like, okay, well, it's going to run its course. I stand up and I say, God, you said, you promised, and I declare over my life that I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm not trying to get healed. I am healed, and the enemy is trying to steal it, and I come against him in the name of Jesus, with the word of God and the Bible says by his stripes I have been healed the Bible says God sent his word and he healed me the Bible says that if I walk with the Lord that none of the junk that's in the world will come on me it doesn't mean I won't be tempted with but I gotta stand up are you with me I have to stand up I gotta own it okay my wife can't own it for me I can't own it for her we can't own it we could own it for our kids when they were little but they had to own it as they grew up they, they had to own it, and as they grew up, they had to own it, and if they didn't own it, then they didn't experience it, and God was like, are you going to own it? Do you want this or not in your life? You say, why is God withholding? No, he's not withholding, but the enemy attacks. Number two is this, is God's protection is not unconditional. God's Remember in the Garden of Eden, God's protection isn't, you know, and I'm just going to make it really clear, it's not conditional. It has conditions. In other words, I just can't live any old way and experience the protection of God. My choices either draw me closer to the Lord or they create distance in my walk with him. They create distance there. And, and the closer we live, the more we sense all that he has. And let me be clear, we don't earn it. We wander away from it. We, it's not that we earn it, we just simply wander away. It's not like God is saying, I don't want to protect you. That's not what is happening. It's not like God saying, oh, I'm, I'm not going to protect you now. It's that we leave him in our choices and Satan then has a legal right to attack our life. He has a legal right because we, our choices determine our future, not our desires. Our choices do. You know, I mean, let me just give you a great example. Am I, am I getting too close? No, this is good. Okay, let me just give you a great example. Okay, I believe in divine health. But how many of y'all know, I got to eat right, I got to exercise, I can't live under stress, anxiety, and all of that, because all of that will affect my physical health. Are you with me? And so therefore, I, there's a condition there. You know what I'm saying? If I live on Kilwin's chocolate and expect to be healthy and say, God, you're my healer. He's like, get a clue. How many of you know what I'm saying? You, you know what I'm saying? Uh, the closer we live, the more we sense it. Number three is this. It's not that we're perfect, but we're perfect hearted. And there's a huge difference here. Sometimes when you get into this, people get all legalistic. Well, I made a mistake. Well, welcome to the club. How many of you know what I'm saying? I, we, we all make mistakes. But perfect hearted is when we make a mistake, we handle the mistake God's way. 
we confess it, we acknowledge it, we don't lie about it, we don't cover it up, and realize that if we do, then we can't move forward. We don't move forward. We ask for his help. God, I need you. To, I made a mistake. I need you to help me, Lord. This is a weakness in my life. And Lord, I'm, I need you to help me. Maybe I need to adjust my thinking because I'm looking at these particular actions in my life. You know, and, and, and we just stop and we're like, okay, God. And the last one, number four is this, is God's protection doesn't mean you'll be in control. God's protection does not mean you're going to be in control. Now, let's just be super honest. We all like to control, do we not? Now, I, how many of you like handing control to somebody else for your life? You're just like, eh. you know what I'm saying? We all, but what it means is God, is, there's nothing wrong with liking to navigate and all of those things. But God's protection doesn't mean that you're always going to be in control. It means that you've got a trust, which gives us the ability to sleep, to rest, to be at peace, and to have faith for tomorrow. That's what it does. My trust gives me the ability to go to sleep, to rest, to not have anxiety, and to have faith for my tomorrow. Tomorrow meaning the next day, the next week, the next month, the next year, the next decade, whatever it is. Remember Psalms 91? Stand to your feet. I'm out of time. Are you all with me? Man, God's protection is incredible. Absolutely incredible. And I want to ask you a question today. Is there an area right now that maybe you can look at and you're saying, I need to grow in my awareness of God's protection over maybe my life, maybe my family. You might be here right now and you're a parent and you're fearful in regard to maybe your kids because you're looking at the crazy world we live in and you're like, oh my gosh, God wants you to trust that he's got your kids and he's protecting them. He's protecting them. Maybe you're here today and you're like, you know what? I realize that I've got this area. Maybe it's in regard to my job is I just need to know that, that God's got me. And, and maybe you're here today and God is saying to you in regard to the protection in a specific area that he wants you to begin to renew your mind to his way of thinking and to grow in your trust in him. If your whole view of the protection of God is you're not going to go through things, God wants you to adjust that today. He wants you to stop and say, you know what? Just because you're going through something doesn't mean that I've changed, doesn't mean that I'm not faithful. But what it means is I'm going to show myself strong in that area of your life. Amen. There's something about in our life that I love it when God just shows up. How many of you are with me on that? He just shows up, blows my mind. But I am convinced that it does something greater in us when we partner with him to experience what he has for our life. When we partner, because now all of a sudden, my choices are cooperating. My attitude, my outlook is cooperating with him. And it brings transformation into my life. I want us to close our eyes for a moment. Just close your eyes for a moment. Lord, we thank you 
for your Holy Spirit and for your presence within our life. And Lord, what we clearly see in your word is that you got a whole new way to live. Christianity and a relationship with you as you designed is a way of life. And Lord, maybe today you're challenging some of us. Maybe in our perspective of your, of your protection over our life, that you deeply care about us and that you protect us. And that means that whether we have, whether you just supernaturally intervene or whether we go through things in our life, that you're good, you're faithful, you're faithful, and our view of you doesn't change. Just with every head bowed and every eye closed, God right now is challenging you in an area that he wants you to trust him. He wants you to trust him. Maybe you're here and you're in a season of your life and you had something planned and this is the way it's all gonna go and it has not gone that way. And God to you today is saying, trust me, trust me. Lord, I thank you for every person that is here. I thank you for your comfort, for the strength of your Holy Spirit that leads and guides and helps us. And Lord, I thank you for not only meeting our needs, but revealing yourself as you meet those needs. Thank you, God. Lord, I pray for anyone that is here today that, Lord, maybe their faith is a little bit wavering because of something. I pray your comfort to them, your courage to them, and your strength. And Lord, I pray that your word in regard to a promise just comes alive to them. Where it is just something that they just can't get enough of and they anchor on it. Thank you, Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you're here today and you've never given your heart to Christ. I want to pray with you right where you're at. Right where you're at. That's you. Count of three, I want you to lift your hand. We're all going to pray together. But when you lift your hand, you're saying, you know what? I'm coming out of just a kind of a comfort behind the scenes. And I'm going after Jesus today. One, that's you. Two, three, lift your hand to the Lord. Thank you. Yes. God, we thank you for your grace. Thank you, God. Let's all pray this. Say this with me. Jesus, I believe in your love and in your grace. I give you my heart and the rest of my life. Forgive me, God, for my sins. Come in and be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.